Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's break him, put him off! Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome to another edition of Daytime Fireworks Rivalry Week. Man, that's so hard to say. I cannot say it. Rivalry Week. That is hard to say five times uh, fast. Rivalry Week. Rivalry Week. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's I tough. Um, I never thought about that until you just said it, but yes. <laughs> every every single time. I, even if I say it in my head, I say it wrong. Um, this is Daytime Fireworks. That's David Brandt of the Associated Press. I'm Zach Barry. Welcome in to another episode brought to you by USA Benefits Group. Each and every week, Drew Moak and the team at USABG have got you covered if you're looking to cut your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%. Give him a call, 601-953-8449. He's an Ole Miss grad. He's located in Mississippi, but he's also licensed in seven states. So he can cover you anywhere. He's Works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers. So regular health plans, life insurance, dental, vision, Medicare, he's got it all covered. It is critical, critical, I say, to not only have a health insurance agent that is local, but they need to be accessible. And that is Drew and USA Benefits Group. Give them a call or go to the website usabg.com slash D-M-O-A-K and get your free quote today. That is USA Benefits Group and Drew Moak, proud sponsor of the show. 
All right, David, welcome in. Last week, we, you know, a bit of a SoCon week for most. We had a couple exciting games. Um, I, t- I think we'd honestly we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what happened on the Plains uh, with Auburn and the Aggies of New Mexico State. My goodness. Uh, did you see all that unfold live? I did not see it unfold. I've, I've got a beef with, honestly, with Auburn for for a couple of reasons, one for losing that bad to New Mexico State, but also I spent my Saturday watching Bo Nix absolutely annihilate Arizona State. I mean, he was awesome. I just don't, I don't understand how Auburn couldn't turn him into an above average quarterback. Because I remember at Auburn, you know, he was good at times, but it went back and forth. But he is at Oregon. He was awesome. They were leading 42 to nothing by halftime. He threw for 404 yards and six touchdowns in the first half. And Arizona State is is not good, but like their defense has actually been okay this year. That's like the part of their team that's actually not bad. And I mean, it was, it was, and they have playmakers everywhere, great protection, good receivers. That's part of it too. But wow. Anyway, that's, that's my rant. Yeah. I, I was upset. I had gone I had gone back and forth all week on Oregon. You know, we talk about Death Star mode with Georgia. I think Oregon's in Death Star mode right now since the loss to Washington. They've been just on fire, and I was like, man, I feel like I should take them. I think Arizona State is just kind of a shell of what it was when it had – Um, oh, my gosh, his name is escaping me. The quarterback that was true freshman that got hurt. Um, they were actually kind of fun early in the year. Um, it's been so Jayden, long now. I Jaden Rashada. Jaden Rashada. Yes. Um, Rashada. Yeah, they 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 were kind of they were kind of fun, kind of spunky with him. Um, and then he he gets hurt, and it just all kind of falls apart. Um, I, I, now they did beat Washington State. They had the and weird one against UCLA beat UCLA and they had the weird one against Washington where they, they kind of scared them. But man, I was like, I feel like Oregon's just on a mission and they're just going to blow everybody out. And I ended up taking freaking Liberty to cover instead of my initial gut of taking the over and they burned me, uh, didn't get it done. But yeah, Oregon is just clicking on all cylinders right now. So, um, but my goodness, Auburn, I, I mean, just embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, that 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 can't happen. It's just right. it's just bad. I mean, everybody was making the jokes of, you know, well, you know, Hughes always due to to lose a, a stupid one in November, and well, there you go. You can check that that bingo square off because that was a stupid one. Um, I mean, they're they're stupid, and then they're stupid. <laughs> that was yeah, that was rough. Very very rough. Um. Now, New Mexico State is a solid football team, but they can't lose by 21 at home to New Mexico State. I don't know. The pride of Las Cruces. I enjoy Las Cruces. I think we've talked about this on the show. Yeah. But Las, Las Cruces is about four and a half, five hours from my house. I have spent the night there a few times. Great town. That is, that is offered. And we And also, that is nine win New Mexico State. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. It's a, good, it's a solid football team. Like, it, it's not – that they lost Auburn lost and you just can't lose by 21 at home. You just can't. Yeah. We, 
we um that's we at... they lost to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, so we were at the MTSU game um on Saturday and you know it was uh senior day and uh we get back to my in-laws house and my father-in-law and I was I was like, look at this. And we had the TV on, you know, Auburn and and you know, he he was like, Hey, he was like, I'm telling you. He's like, Jerry Kill's done a great job. He's like, that's a good football team. And uh Jerry Kill you know, is a good football coach. He yeah. is. Um, you know, this was, you know, New Mexico State only beat the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee 13, 13 to, to 7. seven. Right. And uh yeah, my my father in law said when the Auburn coaches reached out to them to ask them what they did defensively to slow them down. And, you know, I kind of laughed and I was like, well, I, I, I guess it didn't work. Uh, Cause whatever MTSU <laughs> did to slow them down. You told <laughs> Auburn, them lies. You told Auburn, them lies. Auburn, Auburn couldn't figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, put it on them. I mean, I, we got back just in time when they had a fourth and goal in the red zone. They were like inside the, I don't know. They were inside the 10 for sure. And maybe inside the five and they, they line up, they, they were initially doing like a swinging gate and then they call timeout. And I was like, Oh, come on, Jerry, like go for it. Don't, don't kick the field goal. And then he went for it and they threw, you know, like just flooded everything and then threw a, you know, touchdown to the back corner of the end zone. And I mean, it was beautiful. And I mean, they, they scored 14 in the fourth quarter to put yeah, it away. Like I mean, it away. That's the yeah, thing. It, like it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a last second field goal or anything. Right. They pulled away. So yeah, it was, um, Good for Jerry but, New Mexico state, but if you're Auburn, that just can't happen. Yeah. That's uh that's not good for, for, for year one. I know it's year one, but you, you can't let that happen, but let's get into rivalry week. Uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, at Davis Wade Stadium, Thursday night, Thanksgiving, 6.30 ESPN. The eyes of college football will be on one of the silliest and dumbest and at one point one of the more volatile rivalry games in the country. Um, it has really slowed down, and I think it's really slowed down since Dan Mullen, Hugh Freeze, and company are no longer involved in the rivalry. We've got Greg Knox, the interim at Mississippi State coming off a win over Southern Miss, which pff, that one was a little dicey early. Um, and then Ole Miss. Just like we thought it would be. Because like we talked about, yeah, you know, Frank yeah. is decent. And, you know, if Southern Miss could figure out their quarterback situation, they actually might have a decent team. But they don't yeah, have a quarterback. So look, it was, it was a – so Mississippi State won that one. I'm pulling up the score now. What, four – 41-20, but that was with a, what, like a 50-yard run, 50-yard, 59-yard uh, touchdown run, and there was also a, was there a pick six? Yeah, pick six when, I think it was picked off by Jet Johnson, I believe that's his name, and then as he's going down, he laterals it to Marcus Banks. Oh, Marcus Banks, the 60-yard interception return. Well, yeah, it was... You know, twenty six twenty until that kickoff return, right? And it was twenty six twenty, and I remember. And then 
State put it away with that 59-yard run you're talking about. They they put it away. They did what they had to do. But, yeah, Southern mm-hmm. Miss made that, made that an interesting one. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss coming off a 35-3 win. Look, it was – it was ugly and gross early, but I mean, they were, I mean, they were in snooze mode in the first half and then second half, they come out three straight touchdown drives and then they just put it in cruise control when 35 to three looking at this one though, David, I'm interested to hear what you think line opened up at, I think 14, like anywhere from like 13 and a half, 14, it's now down to 10, 10 and a half. Um, I don't understand the line movement. Um, I have my thoughts on how I believe this one is going to go, but I'm interested to hear what you think about this. Uh, trying to think of what, what, what edition of the egg bowl is this? We're, we're up at like, what, like one, one, one I don't know. We could just ask, we could ask Rick Cleveland. He's been to all of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> sorry, Rick, if you're listening. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I don't have the whatever edition of the Egg Bowl this is. They, they played a lot. Um, yeah, it's I know, I know that. Um, so this is the 96th battle of the Golden Eggs. So since Ole Miss and Mississippi State started playing for the trophy in 1927, so 96th edition. Um, Ole Miss is 58, 30, and five in the quote egg bowl. So that's a 64, 47, and six all time record against Mississippi State, including a 23, 15, and three advantage um, when they're in Starkville. So pretty, pretty interesting there. Um, this 32nd time the egg bowl has been played on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, Ole Miss is 16, 14, and one in Thanksgiving games, including a 10 and four mark when it's at Davis Wade. So a um, lot of stuff going on here. Almost going for a 10 win regular season for the second time in three years. If they get there, they will have a chance to win 11 for the first time ever in school history. Um, what's your, what's your take on this one heading into Thursday? You know, I, with the caveat that, Rivalry games get weird. The games in Starkville. I just Ole Miss has a lot more to play for. I just the, I think the the interim coach situation at Mississippi State. I like Greg Knox. He's a great guy, but I I I just don't see that State is going to be super up to go six and six and play in the Liberty Bowl or the whatever bowl. Um, yeah. I, I think that Ole Miss. Bowl. Right. I think Ole Miss got its, you know, pouting. We lost to Georgia out of its system early against UL Monroe. I think they will bounce back. I, when the line, when you said the line opened at 14, I thought that was a good number because it made me think at 10, I'm, I'm taking Ole Miss, man. I, I think Ole Miss can win this by two touchdowns. You know, it's a rivalry game. Wouldn't be shocked if it's decent early, but. I just don't think state's going to be able to keep up with Ole Miss offensively. I think it's going to be about a 38-24, 38-21. I know I say that most weeks, but I think that's the kind of game Ole Miss wants to play. Yeah, looking back at like recent years, kind of looking towards trends and how these teams kind of 
align with past teams looking at tendencies and similar personnel. I kind of arrived at a score that was somewhere around that, like 3420, 3117, 3120. Um, but I'll tell you what, the only thing about that, David, that gives me pause is you mentioned the rivalry game and, and how things get weird and sure that happens, but I don't think Lane Kiffin cares one bit about a quote rivalry game. People try to get him to talk about the game and, 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 you know, really, you know, hammer him with questions about Mississippi state and the egg bowl. And, you know, he doesn't care. He's the head coach of Ole Miss, and he just wants to win the game this week. That's all he cares about. So I don't think – I mean, there's sure, there's a lot of Mississippi guys on on both teams. They're going to be fired up to play against their buddies, whatever, bragging rights. Sure, that'll be part of it, but I, I just think that Ole Miss is going to have tunnel vision to win a 10th game, have a chance at a an access bowl to get to 11 wins because the programs right now are just going in two very different directions. Ole Miss is on the cusp of being amongst – the nation's best when the playoff expansion, like if the playoff was expanded already, Ole Miss would be in it. Like they'd have a legitimate yeah. shot. I mean, they're already 12. You're going to oh, see other, no yeah, yeah, other they, teams. They would certainly have a chance to be in that large team. No question. Yeah. Um, I keep coming back to this year. Ole Miss has done a nice job against teams that have bad offenses. Now, you know, maybe they haven't blown them all out, but they've done a good job defending teams that that are not efficient offensively. And Mississippi State has a bad offense. Um, right. You know, Will, Will Rogers. Rogers a little better chance, but it doesn't help yeah, that much. Yeah, if he's back, sure, but, like, he's going to be limited. I don't think he's 100%. The offensive line for Mississippi State has major issues. The wide receiver room has really underwhelmed this year. I think most people around the SEC and around the program at Mississippi State thought that the receivers would be better. They haven't been. Um, I think Jaquavius Marks is banged up. I mean, I think he's going to play, but I don't think he's 100% either. It just, for me, it's going to come down to, if Ole Miss can protect Jackson Dart and just keep him clean and upright and let him make plays, I think they're going to have receivers running free all night long. Mississippi State's secondary is not good. I, I think Trey Harris, Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, Caden Priestcorn's back he he's he's somewhat i don't know if he's 100% but he's healthy he's making plays and i think that combined with Quinshawn Judkins being 67 yards away from another 1000 yard season i think establishing the run early and setting up the pass i just don't expect Mississippi State to be able to hang in this one um yeah i, I you broke it down in a better manner than I did the Cliff's Notes version. You did the the real version, and that's I, I don't have a lot to argue with there. I, I just I, you know I I think yeah. Mississippi State. Care, I think you hit on it good with Lane Kiffin does not ride the egg bowl emotional roller coaster. I'm not saying he can. It's a, you know with some games I think they can, but yeah, it's just you know I either either Ole Miss is going to play well or they're not going to play well, but it's not because they're like too too hyped up or too you know what i mean this is yeah this is a business trip he needs to honestly treat alabama like he treats mississippi state right i was about to say like this would this would be a uh 
a, a good tack to take in some other games, but I, I do think that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, it, I'm, I'm looking at the, what's the weather supposed to be? I'm looking right now. Yeah. Stuff I thought, I thought about that the other day and forgot to look it up. Um, uh, cool and cloudy. Not okay. much, you know, as, as long as it's fairly dry, like it looks like it'll be in the forties at game time. Even, even dry. if it does, even if it does rain, I think that that helps Ole Miss. I don't think it hurts Ole Miss. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean they'll, they'll, they'll run the ball. If a really sloppy game, then yeah, but I yeah, Ole Miss can run the ball. I, I think they'll be fine. Um, way. But yeah, weather doesn't look like a, a factor. Yeah, uh, good buddy Gray Hardison over at Red Cup Rebellion. We were talking about it the other day, and he he pulled up the uh, the numbers here. Even with a healthy Will Rogers, this is the point totals for Mississippi State this season. They scored 14 against LSU, 30 against South Carolina, 17 against Alabama, and then without Will Rogers, 7 against Arkansas, 13 against Auburn, 3 against Kentucky, 10 against A&M. I mean, they – Southern Miss has one of the worst defenses in college football, and they scored 26 points midway through the fourth quarter. I, I Ole Miss has been a very – talented solid bend but don't break defense but they've been really good against bad defense or bad offenses all year they've been really good getting pressure on quarterbacks the numbers with sacks and tackles for loss have been really good all year i just think that this is going to be a game that could could potentially be somewhat over close to being over by halftime I, think I if, certainly think it has the potential to, like, if things go south for state early, it's pack it in time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, you can play for a bowl game, sure, but come on. Like, they don't care about going to a 6-6 six and six bowl I mean, game. Sometimes I think we talk ourselves into, as fans, commentators, about stuff that the kids don't care about nearly as much. And, and I'm not saying, you know, yes, you know, they'd like – I'm sure the seniors would like to have another game, but it's just – I. I just don't think it's going to be this overwhelming riding factor going into it. I just, Ole Miss has a lot more to play for. They're a lot better. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just don't, you know, and, unless something, this would be a massive upset. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ole Miss oh, 100%. Really, really poorly. And, and state would have to play really well. Some things would have to go their way. This is the more I'm talking about it, the more at 10, I really feel Ole Miss can handle that. Well, you look at their schedule, and good Lord, I mean, out in your neck of the woods, the Arizona Wildcats have just got to be just punching themselves in the face every day that they lost that game in Starkville. Well, that's and, that's one of those it, – it's one of the fascinating things about football, sports, especially in college. It's that, you know, teams don't know yet what they don't know. And, you know, Arizona didn't know that it was good yet, and State didn't know that it was bad yet. And so – you know, it. I I I'm fascinated by the the head games and a lot of stuff like that. But you're right. I mean, that's yeah. looking back on that. That's like, how did that happen? Well, and I know week in week out is not in a vacuum. But if you if you look at if you look at Mississippi State's schedule and the teams that they played that are quote good blowouts. LSU, forty one fourteen loss. Alabama, 40-17, loss. 
A&M, 51-10 loss. Then you look at the games that they lost against average or bad teams. Auburn, 27-24-3. Yeah, rough. Auburn, 27-13. Kentucky, 24-3. Um, yeah, honestly, if if Jaden Williams is good to go, and I don't even think it needs to – he needs to be good to go. I think Ole Miss can handle Mississippi State without him. But if he is good to go, then you slide everybody back on the offensive line back to where they're normally comfortable playing. I again, I, I just think Ole Miss is just better at at damn near every position, every position group, every spot that matters. You got a better quarterback, you got a better running back, better receivers, defense is better as a whole. I think you got a better field goal kicker, better head coach. It just it lines up to be a very you know ESPN wants this to be a you know they want Joe Tessitore to you know scream what do we have here brewing in Starkville like seventeen times they want <laughs> they want it to be a weird quirky holiday game oh throw out the record books rivalry game the Egg Bowl it's so wacky I think Ole Miss puts that to bed early. And I think Lane Kiffin, you mentioned having something to play for, how Mississippi State doesn't really have anything to play for. Ole Miss has everything to play for. 10 wins, access bowl, 11 wins, first time ever in the history of the program. I mean, Kiffin has said all year long about how he really likes this team. It's one of his favorite teams he's ever coached. He talks about the resiliency, the the mentality of this team, and how they, they love to be in that fight. I don't think this is going to be a fight in the fourth quarter, David. I don't think it's going to be one where Ole Miss has to put it away late. I think they hammer them and hammer them early. Yeah, this does. Now that we're really hashing it out, this has some feels, you know, Sylvester Croon's last game, which was an egg bowl in Oxford. Mm. And I believe the quarterback, Wesley is that, Carroll, is that his name, was the one where he got what? sacked like – Dude, Wesley, Wesley Carroll like, and Tyson Lee still have – they wake up in cold sweats from that game. Right. I remember a, a great – since I made fun of Rick Cleveland earlier, I'll I'll say – I'll give Rick Cleveland props. I believe in his column the next day, he said the game should have been rated X for violence. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was – um. yeah, what was it? It was something like – It was 49 nothing, I think. I think, yeah. I'm trying to remember how many sacks. I mean, Ole Miss had a ton of sacks. Right. Um, yeah, it was absurd that that day. Um, that was 08, so I think it was 45 nothing. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it it was it was pretty brutal. Like there were times when you were you kind of felt bad for him. Um, right. Yeah, Sneed threw for two thirteen, four touchdowns. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm pulling up the team stats now. Um, and that was also that year, you know, that Ole Miss got really hot down the stretch. They would end up beating Michael Crabtree and Texas Tech in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Mississippi State had 24 total yards that game. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. yeah it was, it was brilliant. State was really struggling, and Ole Miss was starting to realize that it was pretty good. You know, it had that team with Parade Jerry, Greg Hardy, yeah. Mike Wallace. Stay hard. I mean, that was a good team. Yeah, that um, that was kind of one of those where, you know, there were pundits around the SEC that were saying that um, that Ole Miss team by the end of the year could have beaten close to anybody. Just the oh, way yeah. that yeah. the offense, the defense was so good. Um, 
Yeah. Whew. I remember that one. That was that was pretty brutal. Um, yeah, I remember. Well, that I just remember that team really well because that was like really the first one. That was Houston Nuts' first year. I covered that team. <laughs> I knew everyone on that team. You know, Patrick Trahan, Kendrick Lewis, uh, Jamarcus Sanford. Like there were some good players on that team. Yeah, they're definitely over ten sacks. Uh, Greg Hardy had three. Perry Jerry had two. Trahan had one. Poe had one and a half sacks, and Poe had the interception. Um, Kentra Lockett had one and a half. Manuel Stevens had one. Yeah, that was just an absolute beatdown. Um, I don't know if it'll be that bad, but I, I, I don't. I mean, that game was twenty-four nothing in the first quarter. Yeah, um, and the game's in Starkville, and I, I do think that there's, you know, some fight in that Mississippi State team. I, I do think there's sure. a little bit. Of, so I. I, will will Rogers no will have them ready. Nothing. Right. They they won't totally lie down like they did that time. But there are some similarities, some vibes. Yeah, I, it's I, – I just – I feel like with Kiffin as the head coach, Jackson Dart at quarterback, and we've talked about it all year, the makeup of this team being so much older, so much more experienced, I don't think – the roster will allow for minds to wander Thursday night. I think they will be locked in, especially because you know at halftime of ULM, Kiffin got in people's ass after that first half. And, oh, sure. That's what know, I'm they, saying. I think in a, in a weird way, it was good to get that out of the way. I mean, you knew that was a tough loss against Georgia because you felt good going in and you just got steamrolled. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, like, I mean, and, and if you it think about deflating. it, if you think about it, last week was was kind of like a, a Nick Saban special where you – Saban, has, I feel like in, throughout his career, he's always had those non-conference games or, or sometimes they're conference games where it's just a really vanilla approach and, you know, they, quote, don't play well. So then Saban just rips them in practice all next week before a big game, and then they're all dialed in and ready to go. And, you know, Kiffin emulates Nick Saban and damn near everything he does. So I'm not saying it was by design, but just naturally that game was going to happen. Coming off Georgia, sleepy 11 a.m. against some random directional, you know, G5, whatever. Um, So, yeah, that game was always going to be like that. I agree. And and if Lane Kiffin wasn't trying to get that result, he's certainly not upset by the result. You know what I mean? Like the 35 to three, you know, being able to chew on him after that rough first half, that's about as good of a, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, as good of a non-conference win like that as you can have at that point. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my, my prediction, I'm going to say 34, 14 Ole Miss. Yeah, that's, I was thinking 38, 17. Something like yeah. that, about a 20-point win, 15 to 20-point it'll, it'll be pretty methodical with how Ole Miss does it. They run the football, they're physical, they take shots. They'll hit some shots. Um, well, I, again, and it's not, you know, Lane Kiffin's not going to run up the score just to run up the score either, like if, if that's what it runs into. This isn't, you know, this isn't the freeze mulling, you know, score some extra points to prove a point type thing. It's win the game and get out. Yeah, I – yeah, I mean, he's Ole Miss is going to run their stuff. He's not going to stop doing what they do. But by running their stuff, 
Kiffin likes to run the football. So sure. They're going to, they're going to get their guys in late if it comes to that and they'll just be running the football. And so, yeah, maybe they hit two or three shots and get out to a big lead. But, man, I, if, if it's something in the 40s or 50s, then that just means Mississippi State just flat out quit. I agree. Because they're, I, not, I don't they're think, not good, but I don't think it gets to that. Around the field. No, I don't think it is. It yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's get to our first break, and then when we come back, we're going to have a little, little story time, a little, little, little fireside chat with, with Mr. David Brandt. We're going to go back into the, uh, the vault and talk Egg Bowl, a uh, little story time. And then we will get into our picks in the final segment. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moke of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moke at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner, and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play around of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. And we are back here on Daytime Fireworks. Zach Barry, David Brandt here with you. Egg Bowl week. We are talking Ole Miss, Mississippi State, battle for the golden egg. You've been covering this rivalry game for a long time. You, you know, you're now out in the desert, so not exclusively covering it, but from afar, you're still watching and observing and enjoying the rivalry. Um, you mentioned you had a couple stories that were that were pretty good over the years. That, so let's let's get into it. What, what are, when you hear Egg Bowl, what's like the first thing that comes to mind? What's the first you, you know anecdote or or memory that you have? Well, you always you always remember your first, and you know, <laughs> two thousand two thousand seven. Uh, just for background, I was working at the Clarion Ledger. I was covering Jackson State actually at the beginning of that season, 
And then Robbie Nyswager, our right or left, go back to Arkansas. And so I took over that beat and moved up to Oxford halfway through the year. So the Egg Bowl was really only my fourth or fifth SEC game I had ever covered. Um, and if if you remember that game, 2007, you know, State was decent that year. That was the year that, uh, you know, Kroon was their coach. And, and they uh, – I, I believe they won the Liberty Bowl over UCF a little later. But – Anyway, that's that's just for the background. So anyway, if you remember the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss was winning. It was a it was a day game, beautiful, you know, crisp, clear. You know, when mm-hmm. you think of Egg Bowl Thanksgiving, this is what you think of. Ole Miss was leading fourteen to nothing in the middle of the fourth quarter, and they had fourth and one at midfield. And instead of punting the ball away and forcing State to play offense, which they haven't been able to do all all, all game, they went for it on fourth and one. They didn't get it. Um, State immediately almost scores a touchdown. Then they get a punt return for a touchdown. Then they get a field goal to win the game, 17-14, all in the last, like, seven minutes. It just totally falls apart. It's a great, great finish, great game. Obviously, it's in Starkville, so all, you know, State fans are going crazy, all that stuff. And after the game, you know, we all crowd into the visitors. There's that building behind the end zone at Mississippi State, uh, the Bryan building, I think, maybe. I, I can't remember which, which one. Yeah, I think that's right. But, but anyway, we, we were all kind of crammed in this little room. And if you remember Ed Orgeron, there was a lot of, you know, is he going to get fired? Is he not going to get fired? You know, a lot was riding on this egg ball as far as it goes. And so, you know, Orgeron comes into this room and there was probably 30 people, you know, crowded. It was just, it was tight. And Ed grabs, and you can you can get this, you know, ask him for for verification, but he grabs Chuck Roundsville and takes him into a back room. And we just all kind of style the other reporters and TV people are like, what's going on? And so Ed takes Chuck back there, and you hear some things back there for a couple minutes. And then Ed walks back in. Chuck follows him in, and I'm not, Chuck's eyes were as big as dinner plates. Like he was just his eyes. <laughs> and Ed sits down, and and you do, and and I I did feel bad for him at that time, you because Ed was in a tough spot. He knew he was about to get fired, you know, for such a big, massive human being. He looked surprisingly small at that one point. It was one of the few times mm-hmm. I can remember him not being, you know, just his normal. He, he's one of the very few people I've ever covered that is just larger than life. He's like a cartoon character. You saw that commercial, you know, that just came out this week. He's, yeah, you know, and he's, he's, he's just, it's almost like not cartoonish in a sense, but just like, he's almost not real. And that was one of the few times he seemed, you know, less than normal Ed Orgeron. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Ed gets done with the press conference, he leaves, and, you know, then immediately we all walk up to Chuck, and we're like, what What did Ed say to you back there? And, and Chuck just goes, Ed just walked up to me, he goes, Chuck, should I have gone for it on fourth down? I don't know what should I have done. If I go for it and get it, I'm a hero. If I don't, I'm a goat. I don't understand. I got snakes in my head right now, Chuck. I got snakes in my head and he's, you can't see my, but he's, he's got his, he's got his hands like rubbing his head. Like I've got snakes in my head, Chuck. I got snakes in my head. And, and Chuck was like, I don't know what to tell you. That was kind of rough. 
And uh, that was basically it. So for years afterwards, we'd always talk about a tough decision. You know, oh, I got snakes in my head. I got snakes in my head. Uh, but but that was amazing. that was yeah that was a that was a good story and that was the first one that really and then obviously you know all the, <laughs> the 2013 to 15 and 16 you know for better or for worse Dan Mullen really ratcheted up the intensity of yeah. the egg bowl um, and and I understand why he did it in a lot of ways that was a brilliant move in Starkville it, it did like I'm not trying to be an old fuddy duddy but I I thought the rivalry kind of got to an unhealthy place there for a couple of years. Um, and I, I'm glad to see it be a little more sane these days, but sure. Um, but I, it, it's part of what makes it fun and amazing, and people care about it and all that stuff. But yeah, that that 2007 game, the, the snakes in my head was a good one. Oh man, yeah, Ole Miss was up going into the fourth quarter, 14 nothing, and State had just done nothing, no, at all on They're offense. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss had 21 first downs in that game. Mississippi State only had 10. That was such an amazing, like, intro, because my first game was like a sleepy non-conference against, like, Louisiana Tech, and the next one was against Alabama. And if, you know, for old heads who remember this game, it was the red high-heeled shoe one where it was close, and Shea Hodge made a catch, and then it was, like, overturned or something. Something happened, and the student section – flipped out and like well me and i remember me and bruce newman were had to like duck we were like hiding we were up against the wall and like vodka bottles are just flying over our heads you know you could hear them go and just bouncing off the field and then some girl threw her i assume it was a girl but who knows it was a red high-heeled shoe just landed in the middle of the end zone and so that was the that was the first sec game i covered and you know it was not to feed. not to give a pass to throwing stuff on the field because that's never good. Um, don't do that. That's bad. But that play was, I think, Ole Miss fans' first, you know, foray with SEC officiating because Ole Miss and Shea Hodge were completely protected by the, the rule book on that play. Because on both sides, you know, if you go out on your own power, illegal touching is if you were the first to touch the ball. Shea Hodge wasn't the first to touch the ball in that play. The Bama guy jumped up, intercepted it briefly, and then Shea took it away from him. And then on the flip side of the rule book, if you're forced out, you can come back on your own power and be the first to touch it. It's not illegal touching if you're forced out. And so there was some, was he forced out? Did he go out on his own power? But it didn't matter because either way, it, did, it, it and that's like, you know, that year, Ole Miss, their red zone offense, if Ben Jarvis Green Ellis couldn't pound it in there, they would just throw a fade to Greg Hardy. And it was just, you yeah. know, nobody could stop it. Alabama couldn't stop it that day. And so everybody was like, all right, we, we got the long pass completed. Shea Hodge caught it. They're down here. We know the fade to Greg Hardy's coming, and Ole Miss will upset Alabama, and then we all know what happened. So, yeah, that was – I was a student. I remember telling people while we're – you know, they're reviewing it. I'm like, guys, it, it, Ole Miss is fine. Like, either way, he's covered by the rule. And then they come out and overturn it, and the rest is history. So, um, 
I remember Ed Orgeron was standing right next to the replay official or like whoever came out to announce and, you know, they were like, you know, Alabama, whatever he said. And Orgeron just had his headset on and he's just like two inches from this guy's face, if I remember it right. And he just goes, <laughs> no. Oh, man. I mean, it was just this like 30-second just uh, – but anyway, I, that, those were two really good SEC games to – get acclimated yeah. with in my first like two or three yeah no yeah that's that's a pretty good baptism by fire there um also shout out to ben jarvis green ellis who was an absolute warrior god the law firm that was man. that was one of the toughest dudes i have ever seen that guy he he was he played on some bad football teams too he was in indiana for two years before he transferred yeah. to old Miss. His running style was so unique, and I remember watching him at times. And it was like, man, are you gonna are you gonna go? Are you gonna run? Like he he had this choppy short step, short stride patience that was so good and made him such a good running back. Because <laughs> at times he was he was having to really make his way on his own <laughs> on those old yeah. There was. He wasn't having a ton of help at times. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, he would he was a guy that first contact was hardly ever gonna stop him or bring him down or slow him down at all. Um, just that pad level was so good. And uh yeah, just just tough I as hell. I remember one game too, he'd lost a couple teeth and just spit them out and kept playing <laughs> or something like that. There was he was he was a beast. That's amazing. Uh yeah, what yeah. I wouldn't say it wasn't a fond memory, but I, I do remember that that 07 game. Well, it's just, yet. Right. And it's just like, you know, the, you know, like a, like that Disney movie or that Pixar movie inside out, you know, it's like a core memory. It's yeah. like when I think of, <laughs> when, I, when I think of SEC Dude. football and things like that, I think of those teams. My kids, my kids you know, would, uh, my kids would love that reference, David. Right. It's a, it's a core memory that, that 2007, the end of that season. That was yeah when the Ed Orgeron Island fell. Uh, yeah, that was. This doesn't. This isn't. I'm not sure if I've told this story, but this this was before that egg bowl. And you got to remember the the context. This is in. I'm like 27 years old. I've been the old Miss beat writer for like three weeks, and so like I wrote a story that week, and I talked to to Robert Kayat, who was always very gracious with his time and everything about that, you know. And, and he had a great quote that for that story. And I remember the story because it didn't even go on front page of sports. It went on the front page of news, which was oh. a big deal. And it basically, Kayats said that unless Ed Orgeron does something, you know, horrible, and I mean like illegal, like get arrested, he will be the coach next year. That was, you know, it was basically like, you know, should Ed stay? Should he go? And that really strong quote from Robert Kaya. But then there were some other people, you know, it was it was very iffy at that time. Mm-hmm. So Monday, there's the press conference before the Egg Bowl. And uh, we get done. And, Ed, you know, I had talked to Ed a couple times at that point. But Ed goes, he goes David. I was like, yeah. And he goes, you've been talking to some people. He was like, how about you come to my office? <laughs> so... And so I went back to his office. Not scary at all. Well, it was, I mean, like, I was never, like, in all fairness, Dad, I was never scared. It just felt like I was going by, I don't know, I was just like, sure thing. So, like, 
I go back, we sit down, and he's like, he goes, would you like a Red Bull? And I was like, no, thanks. And then he goes, how about a Diet Coke? And I was like, that'd be good. And so he gives me a Diet Coke. He grabs a Diet Coke, and we start there talking. And, and then first question, he goes, he kind of looks around, he goes, David, he goes, am I going to get fired? And I was just like, I mean, what do you say? You know what I yeah. mean? To, a, to, to somebody you've known for a few weeks. And like, and, and honestly, I didn't know. I was like, honestly, Ed, the, the Egg Bowl's a really big game, it seems like. I think if you win the Egg Bowl, you're okay. But I was like, that's kind of a, you know, that's take it for what it's worth for a guy who's been on the beat for three weeks. <laughs> and, you know, and like had some connections. Thankfully, you know, Rick Cleveland helped me out and everything like that. But it was just a fascinating insight. And, and Ed, I have to say, after that, we just kind of talked football and talked about other things for 10 or 15 minutes and then left went on my way. It was a great conversation. But it just kind of gives a, an insight into what that time was like. It was a wild time. Yeah, I... Speaking of wild. That was also the same season that, remember, the players stole the clocks and pillows from the hotel? Remember those, yeah. like, iPod? Oh, my gosh, that was ridiculous, too, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm having flashbacks. Um, my bad. What a crazy uh, connection that we've made here. So that 2007 Liberty Bowl that you called it, Mississippi State won 10-3 to over UCF. That UCF was Ke- had a running back named Kevin Smith. Who was that was like Kevin Smith's rushing leader. Kevin Smith's last game in college, and he is now the running backs coach at Ole Miss. How about that? Is he? Tell yeah. that dude I said hi. I, yeah. I talked to him after that game. Like, but I mean, he's not going to know who I am, obviously. But tell him I watched that Liberty Bowl. Good for him. I'm glad he's doing well. He was a hell of a running back. He is. He he's he's uh he's unintentionally scary. Um. I can see that. He's very nice, but he looks like he could still put on the pads and run. And he is, yeah, very intimidating with the with the deep voice. And he, you know, also just his whole aura, yeah, stud college running back, played for the Lions, was a really good NFL running back. Yeah, he ran the ball 35 times for 119 yards in that game. Oh my gosh, I remember that. It yeah, was had- it was an absolute slobber knocker. Like, I mean, because you know, state state had Anthony Dixon. Yeah. Yeah, he um that year he ran for twenty five hundred and sixty seven yards and twenty nine touchdowns. Just absurd. Yeah. I also remember after that that Liberty Bowl, I went with Kyle Beasy to a party. It was fairly close to the uh, Liberty Bowl. And I remember, you know, like that area of Memphis, like there's some good areas and there's some bad areas, at least back then. And it was a little like, are we going to get shot? But we had a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to that area of Memphis. I can't remember whose house we were at. I don't even, but we had a good time. Yeah. All right. Let's take our final break. One more segment. We'll get our picks in for rivalry week around the SEC. So hang tight. We'll be right back. 
The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Cisco Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Final segment here on Daytime Fireworks. Before we get into our picks, I do want to remind you of another sponsor of the show, and that is College Corner in Oxford, Mississippi. Go check them out, 825 Sisk Avenue, Suite 105. You got all 
of your merch needs. You've got the SIP t-shirts, hoodies, all the gear there with the uh, ever-popular SIP logo now. You've got tailgating supplies. You've got polos, dresswear. You've got kids' gear, all of that. you got hat, hats, caps, gifts. I mean, you've got Christmas coming up. You can get stuff for uh, friends and family. Everything and more at College Corner. It's in Oxford now. Go check them out. Uh, if you are not in Oxford and you want to check them out, you can also do so in Ridgeland and in Flowood. They've got two more locations. But if you are local and you are in Oxford and you need to get some swag, go check out College Corner. They've got the Real Tree Collection. They've got Ole Miss Baseball National Championship gear still in there. Brand new space. I checked it out a couple weeks ago. It is phenomenal. Go see the folks there. Scott and everybody else there does a great job getting you fitted and ready for Ole Miss athletics. All right, David. We've already talked about the Egg Bowl. Let's get into, uh, do we even have a name for Missouri, Arkansas? Is this a, does this rivalry have an actual? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Those two states don't make a good shape or anything. Per Per Wikipedia is the battle line rivalry because I, I lived Arkansas. on the Missouri. I grew up on the Missouri Arkansas border, basically. Like I was in Springfield, okay. Missouri, which was down there. So I can tell you that that's not a uh, heavily contested border. Okay, that's not a. That's not. It's just not a huge rivalry. I, I can't imagine that. Also, one thing back to story time in that same six game stretch at the end of the 2007 season was Arkansas, and it was the, the namesake of this this podcast, Daytime Fireworks. That was when they blew out the, the fireworks on that <laughs> side of the stadium. And Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, all that happened in like a six-week span. It was, it was like the most eventful, especially for a bad football team, like it was the most eventful six weeks, I think, of just about of my life. That yeah, good lord, yeah that that is a that's a doozy. Every game right told a story. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we have got per Wikipedia they've played fourteen times. Missouri leads the all-time series nine to four. They won last year. Um, this one, David, CBS Friday. Uh, this will be good. You get some leftovers. Fired up. Get you a get you a nice plate and watch this one on the uh, Friday after Thanksgiving. CBS three o'clock. The line right now. Let me refresh to make sure we are getting the correct one. Uh, I believe it opened at seven. Um, looking seven? at what it is now. Yes. Uh, okay, it's like seven, seven and a half uh, in favor of the Tigers. Jeez. It's in favor. I, I got more. Yeah, but I got more confidence in Missouri than that. I do too, but huge emotional back-to-back emotional wins in two different ways for Missouri. Big emotional lead up to Tennessee. They blow them out, and then they got to have the comfort behind heroics to beat Florida, a bad Florida team at home. Now they travel to Arkansas short week. Um I'm not saying Arkansas will win, but I wouldn't be shocked if this one gets a little squirrely. They have announced that 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 they 
that Arkansas is retaining Sam Pittman, so maybe there's a little bit of galvanization there. They try to fire up the players. One last go for Sam Pittman to just catapult them into 2024, yada, yada. Um, I still think Missouri is a little bit fraudulent as a top 10 team. They have dodged some bullets. Um, I, I mean – a bad Florida team. You got a basically a meltdown by Florida on that fourth and long to let the best receiver in the country just sit wide open in the middle of a zone to extend the drive. Um, Bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> I mean, they lost to LSU at home, um, and then you know have the good showing in Athens against Georgia. But man, I don't know. Vegas knows something. Um, you know what? I'll I'll go ahead and say that I'll 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 take those points. I think Missouri probably wins a close one, but yeah, I think Arkansas fights and and gives them a a, a good game. I'm I mean I I think Missouri wins this one pretty handily. I I do think the Sam Pittman news helps a little for Arkansas. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, but I just I don't know. I think Missouri's pretty good, and I. I don't think Arkansas is very good at this point. So I think Missouri by about 17, 20 points. Okay. Saturday, 11 a.m. on ABC. Uh, This one, don't know the name. Maybe that's the Commonwealth Cup. That's going to be my guess. The Papa John's Bowl. Yeah. Governor's Cup. Okay. Young Governor's Cup. Kentucky, Louisville, it is at Louisville. Louisville is favored by well, another tight one, seven, six and a half, depending on where you get your uh, your number. I'm laying the points here. I still, speaking of frauds, I don't think Louisville is a top 10 team, but I just think Kentucky's bad. I think they're they're pretty much on the verge of quitting. Um Lost a tough one on the road to South Carolina last week. They could not protect Devin Leary. Um, and yeah, Louisville, they're 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 gonna want to keep pace with everybody else and uh get some momentum going into that ACC championship game that now looks winnable after the uh brutal injury um to Jordan Travis. So Florida State could be beatable now in the ACC title game. But yeah, I'm laying the points with Louisville. I think they, they run away with it. I do too, man. It seems like an eternity since Kentucky beat Florida by what? Three touchdowns. Yeah. Seems like they've it, lost, yeah, like... they've lost five out of six. I just, they just, mm-hmm. like you said, it, it's a team going the wrong direction and they have to go on the road against a team. That's like I said, I, I agree with you. That's probably a fraudulent top 10 slightly, but still a pretty good football team. Yeah, Brom's done a good job. They got a good quarterback. And um, yeah, I don't think they're top 10, but they're a solid team. Uh, all right. Also at 11 a.m. ESPN AM at LSU. Right now we got LSU looking at 11, 11 and a half. The Aggies interim coach. Not much to play for here. LSU, I wouldn't say everything to play for, but they're going to want to prop up Jaden Daniels as much as possible, get him some more numbers for that Heisman. I think he has a legitimate shot to win the Heisman. 
Um, just because I think at this point, it's just it, you can't avoid it. He's been probably oh, the most yeah. electrifying player in college football this year. Yeah. I mean, him and the guy I watched this weekend, Bo Nix, has been awfully good too. 35 touchdowns, yeah. two interceptions. It's probably those but, two right uh, now. Penix has kind of yeah. cooled off. Yeah, Penix has cooled off a little. But Jada Daniels, I mean, I've got nothing but good things to say about him. Um, you're right. I think LSU is – so one I, I will really – give Brian Kelly credit. Uh, they continue to play hard and and you would never know that their season has been a little bit of a disappointment. I think they're playing hard for him. They're playing hard for Jaden Daniels. And I think they win this game pretty big. Okay. Big. Okay. I was going to say, I think the Aggies might keep it close early, maybe a little spunky. Um, that defense is, is still pretty salty. I just don't know if they have enough explosive plays to keep pace with LSU. Because LSU, like we've said on the show all year, I mean, LSU still has to play defense too. Um, But, yeah, I think too much Jane Daniels, you know, it's got to be his last – got to be his last game, right? In Baton Rouge, I mean. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, because he's – yeah, he's done after this. Right? So – yeah, I'm yeah, he's twenty. Well, yeah, I, he's twenty-two. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's yeah. a senior. God, it, uh, time flies. I didn't realize he was that old. No, it. it thing he was seems like last week he was at Arizona State, but yeah, things, all right. Time keeps flying. Yeah, we both got LSU here. I'm laying the points as well. I think they run away with it. All right, two thirty CBS Iron Bowl at Auburn. Um, I'm just not even going to entertain it, David. I'm not either. I think the, uh, the 14 and uh, a half, I'm laying the points. Yeah, me too. I just don't, I think Auburn kind of had a little something going after that win a couple weeks ago, but that loss to New Mexico state, that's gotta be, I mean, I think they'll, you know, in some ways, they're looking to prove that they're not that team, but I just I think too much doubt creeps in at that point. And you're playing Alabama. Yeah. I just yeah. I think and I think, I think this is and Alabama's Alabama's, you know, style points and all that doesn't matter. They gotta win out. They gotta beat Georgia. So they are keeping it between, you know, mustard and mayo. Just No, straight. I yeah, I think it's a it's a very workman like option. 31 to 13 win. Yeah, I agree. All right. Tennessee hosting Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, not entertaining this one either. Um, it's a big number. Tennessee got me excited for like 10 seconds with that <laughs> against Georgia. Can Vandy cover 27, 27 and a half? That's a lot of points of an SEC game. Um, I think I'm they gonna can. say no. I don't think they okay. are. I think Tennessee has been weird. I just think Tennessee's going to play really well and win by thirty or so. They're good at home. Um, right. I think they're good at home. They. But I, I the only thing that gives me pause is sleepy, big emotional game last week. You had Dolly Parton in the building. You can't get it done. <laughs> You, know, you kind of get 
punched in the gut over and over. I'm going to take Vandy to cover. I think they can cover. Just because I just don't think Tennessee really cares. It's not the strangest thing in the world. I I just Tennessee's played well at home, yeah. and this is more of I I just don't think Vanderbilt is playing right. for a ton yeah, at this yeah. point either. All right, Florida, Florida State. Which oh, I forgot um, to check. Does Tennessee Vanderbilt? Does that have a name? I don't think it does. No, just Tennessee Vandy rivalry. I kind of like that. I mean, it. I don't think it's worthy of having a name. Right, I was about to say. Being kind of being... uh, shockingly, Florida, Florida State does not officially have a name. Oh, well, I guess they, well, per Wikipedia, there is a logo. The Sunshine Showdown. Both universities, oh. <laughs> both universities participate in a range of intercollegiate sports. And for the last several years, the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services has sponsored a Sunshine Showdown promotion that tallies total number of wins for each school in head-to-head sports competition. So not official name, but per Wikipedia. Um, Florida State favored by six and a half. Ooh, um, obviously their quarterback situation is yeah not great um it's in the swamp too uh line opened at ten and a half now it's down to six six and a half um whew. I'd probably still I, lay the six and a half yeah i I think Florida State is still good enough. I watched enough of that, you know, Tate, what, how do you say it, Rotomaker? Rotomaker. Yeah. He's not, he's not terrible. And I no, think Florida not. State is is good. Yeah. Even and, outside. You know, and Jordan, I mean, it's a huge loss, don't get me wrong. But I yeah, do yeah. think, you know, Florida State's still going to be super motivated, obviously, to put on a good showing to show that they can still. Well, they, be yeah, because they got to they stay. Yeah, got to stay in the playoff because they're four right now. Uh, we'll see where they are in the playoff rankings this evening as we record this on a Tuesday, but I expect them to be in the top four, but yeah, got to stay undefeated. Um, And Graham Mertz is banged up, isn't he too? Yeah. He, uh, what do you have like a dislocated clavicle or something? Yeah. Clavicle or something. Yeah. So they're playing. So it'll be, so it'll be the backup, be the backup bowl. Yeah. If, if, if this were Florida state's backup going against, Graham Mertz. I Florida would interest me in this one because I think at times they have played well, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, without knowing a ton about either backup quarterback, I think with both those things being equal, I think Florida State wins this. Not by a lot, but probably by about ten. Yeah, I yeah, I'd, I'd six and a half. I'm laying them, but yeah, it'll be it'll be kind of goofy because of that. But um, all right, moving on, we have got. Uh, and I can I always mix this one up. Um, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Uh, this one is, what is it? The South's oldest rivalry? Or no, this one's clean old-fashioned hate. Yeah, mm-hmm. clean old-fashioned hate. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see the number 24. Lay them. Lay the points. Yeah, Georgia Tech was kind of interesting for a little while, but they have tailed off a little bit and i think you know georgia you were talking about death star mode earlier and they've had 
these back-to-back wins against Ole Miss and Tennessee have me back on the the Georgia train. They're they look good. Yeah, they are. Whew. They I expect them. I expect Georgia to be number one in the playoff rankings again, and there's no chance Georgia Tech slows them down. Yeah, I can't. I because... mean, you know, we'll see in that SEC championship game. I think you know Alabama could give them a run, obviously, but. George Tech's not going to be the team that knocks them off. No, absolutely not. All right, final rivalry game here for this weekend. Clemson, South Carolina, the Palmetto Bowl, Palmetto Series, whatever you want to call it. Um, Man, plus seven for the Gamecocks here. Seven and a half if if you're at DraftKings. Uh, It is in Columbia, South Carolina. Night game. Hmm. I'm going to take the points. I, I think you, I think it'll be weird and Clemson ekes one out, but night game in Columbia, man, that's different. And I think – I was about to say, I think this is going to be a classic. I think it's Clemson's going to pull out something at the end. I think they found a little something offensively, you know, wins over Notre Dame and North Carolina the last few weeks mm-hmm. and beat Georgia Tech pretty good too. But I think South Carolina, nice win over Kentucky. This is a good one. I, I'm looking forward yeah. to this one. I like the quarterback. I, I, I like the quarterback matchup. Um, yeah, I mean Clemson's seven and four. South Carolina going for six wins, going for bowl eligibility. That this one and Florida and Florida State. Florida's going for the sixth win. South Carolina going for the sixth win. Should be fun. Um, I just think night games at, at Williams Bryce makes it makes it fun, and I think they got a they got a real shot because Clemson's beatable. They're they're not. Oh yeah. No question. No Not question. your nephew's Clemson anymore with Trevor Lawrence. So Clemson's been doing their work at home. You know, the last two times they played on the road, they got beat by Miami and NC that's right. State. Yeah. So if that's Great true, point. then South Carolina can beat them at home. I think I, it can happen. I still think I think Clemson is a little hot right now. I think Dabo has a lot to play for these days. He's been under a lot of fire. Um, I, I think Clemson's going to be ready for it, and I think they figure out a way. But I think this is going to be a really good game. Yeah, looking at the schedule, South Carolina's 5-2 and two at home. They've won three straight at home. Clemson on the road, losses to Duke, Miami, and NC State. So, yeah, got a road, a road win against Syracuse, whatever. Congrats. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this one's going to be fun to uh, – end saturday with so all right that is it for rivalry week in our picks i'll do it for daytime fireworks the regular season is coming to an end this weekend but we will have more next week we'll have some postseason episodes getting you ready for bowl games so we will be around next week as well david 12 weeks man they flew by where did it go it was a fun – That's I'm telling you, it's the biggest difference between covering college and NFL. You know, NFL is just now a little bit past halfway. And yeah. with college, man, it just goes so fast. It's such a great sport. I wish there was – wish there were a couple more weeks. Yeah, it's – But, like I said, we'll be back talking postseason. We'll talk some bowl games next week. We got championship week next week as well, so we'll be talking football no matter what. Appreciate David over there. Thanks to Drew Moak and USA Benefits Group. Thanks to College Corner and the rest of our sponsors. And, of course, thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in 
Be sure to stay locked in at homespirit.com. We've got coverage leading up to Thursday's game and more basketball this week, recruiting. We've got it all. And do us a favor, go to the YouTube page, OM Spirit, the channel. Subscribe over there as well. So for David, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next time, we out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.